This episode of The Full Nerd is sponsored by Falcon Northwest. If you are looking for a kick-ass, reliable work or gaming PC, head over to falconnorthwest.com and configure the rig of your dreams. <laughs> In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about 7900 GRE reviews, crashing Intel CPUs, and Nvidia's brand new application. One take, baby. Bam. Welcome to episode 292 of the Full Nerd Podcast, PC World's premier uh, PC hardware podcast. I am your fill-in host, Adam Patrick Murray. On the line, I've got two bearded gentlemen, both of them uh, from the East Coast. Uh, well, one of them's from the South, but yeah, we, we talked about them in the pre-show. Anyway, I'm not going to go over it again. Brad Charkis is with us. Hello, Brad. Hey, I don't want to get too far into this, but someone on staff had a new member of their family born in today. Nobody had their own kids, but a extended member of family. So I just want to be the first one in the YouTube world to say, welcome to Earth, Riley. Welcome to Earth. Welcome Congratulations to, Earth. Like to everybody. Like welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, good job. You did it. You got here. Uh, and uh, you know who else showed up? Will Smith. Uh, thank you for showing up, Will. I appreciate I'm it. I'm here, beard and all, Adam. Always glad to be here. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, I'm also glad that uh, Willis is controlling the verticals and horizontals over here. What's up, Willis? Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Uh, we we have a fun show today. We're gonna, we're going to talk about some good stuff. But before we get to that, uh, a couple a couple notes. Uh, this these are the final minutes. The final minutes to get in your uh, if you are watching it live, getting your uh, submissions for the AMD uh, Starfield CPU and GPU bundle beautiful hardware there's a link in the description uh willis put posted in the chat too. get get your last minute submissions the contest ends while we are still live at 11 11 pacific standard time uh, i wish i can play that final countdown music the final yeah yeah <laughs> we'll just we'll uh, sing it we'll hum it we'll, we'll hum it uh when it hits 11 <laughs> remind me at 11 11 if enough people want i will i will draw the winners on air we have five of them here so your chances are 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 something out of five uh i don't know <laughs> also after last week's discussion with gordon uh about his um his ai overlord that he's training uh yeah while he's off uh we got some really good names uh on on discord and and people in the the comments about like what he should call it uh so yeah when 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 gordon comes back when he has another chance i think we'll we'll, we'll catch up with him uh but w- one of my favorite ones was uh gordon net uh yeah gordon that oh. is just yeah look classic if, kind if of if, it's like an homage yeah if we're all going to be killed by some sort of ai overlord i I hope it's made by gordon yeah gordon had a he uh oh you know i, I gotta bring it up uh he had one from oh i don't think i'm gonna be able to find it quickly enough but he he had a really good one that that he's feeling and he got it from uh from a buddy of his uh so yeah Anyway, uh, yeah, that, that's that's the housekeeping. I guess we're 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 gonna get going into this first topic. The GPU that I have in front of me that's not Starfield themed is the uh, AMD Radeon RX seventy nine hundred GRE. That stands for Golden Rabbit Edition. I, I heard earlier somebody in the YouTube chat say that, uh, or maybe it was over on Discord that uh, this this China only release uh, they after the Golden Rabbit or after the year of the Rabbit they didn't want them anymore, so they just dumped it here in the rest of the world. <laughs> so they they've moved on. Uh, so we we got it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a GPU like I said that's that's been out uh, since mid last year. 
uh, was yeah. released to China only, and and it was uh, I think it was relegated to SIs and OEMs uh, over there. So uh, there were some people who had imported it and reviewed it, uh, but it, it never officially came to this market until today. So it it is a known quantity. Um, nothing nothing brand new, but uh, I I kind of jokingly called it. It in the cost vi- it cost a lot more overseas. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, so that's new at least. Okay, I, d- I did not follow the pricing b- beforehand, but yeah, so uh, it's a $550 GPU. No, yes, $550 yeah. GPU. Um, and along with it, we, we don't need to get into it, but uh, AMD also announced yesterday, today's Tuesday, yesterday the they dropped the price of the uh, RX 7700 XT. Uh, instead of 450 now it's 420 Yep. Yeah. So go blaze it up with a 7700 XT if if that's within your budget. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so there's a review video on the uh, on the channel. Will was uh, kind enough to to sit down and look at some benchmark numbers with me. Um, yeah, so we're we're not going to show off benchmarks in this video uh, because you should just go watch that. But Will, what, what was your your overall take on this uh, on this launch? I mean, it seemed fine. It's like, it's like, it's almost as if they positioned it directly in the middle of the competing products, so oh, yeah. that the price would be somewhere in between the two, less than the faster one and more than the slower one. Yeah, it's, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's 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 how it goes, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, the the numbers, you know, I, I didn't run a ton of stuff, but at the same time, I was also running the numbers for the the super refreshes. So we actually had four. GP review videos go up in the in the past week uh, a lot of a lot of benchmarks uh, that uh, that I ran and people had to to go over um, Brad what, what remember was, you asked for this I know, welcome I, to my I, I did ask for this uh, <laughs> what, what, are, what are your thoughts I, I know you've uh, had a chance to peek at the numbers uh, yeah yeah I've read some reviews I haven't a chance to watch all of y'all's yet but I'd skip through it quickly uh, no offense <laughs> <laughs> no hey, no it's fine yeah, it's, I totally get it yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah, I think it's a really, really well positioned product to come out now against now that Nvidia dropped the 4070 Super to 550. So this is the same price as the 4070 Super, and it trounces the 4070, not Super, the 4070 non Super. Non Super, yep. Non Super. So it's the same price as that. It has way more memory capacity. It's way faster in price. Like everything that you would say about AMD cards. They offer typically faster rasterization performance. They have more memory. They have better value if you only consider those two things. Like to me, this is the epitome of that part. Like yeah. they did a really good job nailing. Like five fifty, I feel is a good price for this. Uh, and I would no brainer consider it over the forty seventy super if I didn't have a deep personal need to have Nvidia software features. That being said, I think DLSS and everything else Nvidia has going on these days means that the 4070 Super, just $50 more, is still a super attractive card for a lot of people, I would think. So I think this kind of negates the 4070. Uh, it also kind of negates the 7800 to me. Like, they dropped down the 7700 XT, but this is enough faster than the 7800 XT that I wish they dropped 20 25 bucks off the price of that. I feel like it would make a lot more sense. Which is, which could be coming. I, I should check Newegg to see uh, how far those 7800 XTs have, have dropped. Um, oh, no, that is not 7880 like, XT. That is not a real 
product. Uh, but yeah, it's a, a it's so it, it is an imperfect seventy nine hundred XT. Um, is how a lot of people are thinking about uh, of it. But I the the numbers were more in line of like a seventy eight hundred XT Super. Um, you know, if if you just looked at the the numbers uh, and kind of how things are running. Um, yeah, the seventy eight hundred XT. Hmm, wow, the cheapest one is yeah still five hundred. So that that does not really budge too much. Still a good card. It's, but, the, yeah. the the thing that's interesting to me about it is I think it I think it at the, especially at the price range it is it's a really good 1080p 1440p card seems like mm-hmm. um, especially for people who are playing like like the thing that you sacrifice going AMD over Nvidia is the stuff like the the high end path tracing and in, in Cyberpunk and and the frame generation features and at that resolution at that price point the, like the Nvidia cards aren't performant enough to play those games in those settings either so like you're really losing nothing going with with the AMD card at this point other than DLSS and I think at this point I I think I'm comfortable enough with FSR2 that I it it feels like they feel like the, the 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 penetration the market penetration on who's supporting fsr versus dlss is the decider in the games you play rather than is is one technology better or worse than the than the non-frame generation versions of those texts if that makes sense that makes total sense kind of looped around to that the weird way but. <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it was fun this i I, sh- I should point out this model specifically because there is no "Quote unquote reference model." Um, this is the the Power Color Hellhound uh, seventy nine hundred GRE uh, three three fans uh, and ac- actually uh, what, what's the name of that when two of them are one size and the one of them is the, the smaller size? I, th- I thought there's like a it's like walkie. A, yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, ni- ni- nice little design. It lights up. It's got an LED switch, uh, uh, a OC and silent BIOS. Uh, which is in a weird spot. I, I've, I've, uh, Brad, have you, have you seen the, the, the bio switch here by the, by the bracket? One or two times, really? very rarely, but it does happen every now and again. Yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was kind of curious to see that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, and of, of all the GPUs that I tested recently, because uh, once again I did the, the super reviews as well, so I kind of had the all the, the numbers in there from all that. Um, this was one of the, the, the coolest cards in, in the test that I ran. So. Yeah, no. Well, and in the raster perf, especially like is a raster and like light ray tracing, even like for Returnal, if I remember right, it, it kind of smoked everything else out there because it's like it seems like it's going to be good for running the games that are going to be the majority of ray trace games for the not too distant future. You know, there, there'll be a handful of PC exclusives it'll probably struggle with. But but it's a and, and 16 gigs. We didn't talk about that at all, but it's a 16 gig card versus a 12 gig card. Right. Uh yep. yeah, uh, but it does have a, a, a more narrow memory bus. Some people are asking. Uh, I, I guess it's overclock potential because it it is kind of clocked down compared to the other ones. Uh, so yeah, where where the seventy nine hundred XT is a three hundred twenty bit memory bus, the seventy nine hundred GRE is two fifty six. Uh, the max clocks on the seventy nine hundred XT is uh, two point four, where on here is a two point two. So clocked a, a little bit lower but su- supposedly people have been getting uh, pretty good overclock results out of this card so you're able to push it even a, a little further close to a 7800 xt is it a two 12 volt connector or uh, sorry a two eight pin connector or one eight pin connector uh th- this one's two eight pin i i have not looked I, th- there was actually a lot of models out there uh i was surprised to like a lot of people reviewed it uh let me I, see i would think all of 
that would probably be two or three. Okay. Like, yeah. Just because it's based off of the higher end skews coming down. It makes sense, right? Because and it, and it yeah. is two yeah. two sixty watt TDP. Um, oh yeah. You know what? Actually, on Newegg, and I, I know Newegg's not the end-all, be-all, but I'm only seeing. Oh, there is one model that has uh, a dual uh, fan design rather than than triple. All, all the rest of them have triple, and this one has two eight pin. So yeah, looks like a, a two two eight pin is going to be the the barrier there. Uh, yeah, no fun stuff. I I. I don't remember. Does anyone remember the reasoning why they didn't bring this out in the first place, and that it was only China only, Brad? They never. They never said officially, but the thought was clear it out stocks of the uh, sixteen hundred generation over here was a lot harder than over there. Mm, got it. Got it. Oh, okay. And then it, it was a good. Spot. A lot of those were bought up in those giant uh, China crypto mining farms. So. Oh, got it. Got it. <laughs> and that now the. Uh, the idea is that uh, this, with the super refreshes, hey, AMD's got a new new car smell as well. So uh, I like. I it. love it overall because up until recently, until the seventy eight hundred XT launch, whenever that was last year, mm-hmm. like we didn't really have any true fourteen forty p cards this generation. Because to me, the forty seventy was good for fourteen forty p, but it started at six hundred bucks, and that's very high starting price for fourteen forty p. And the 4060 Ti, 4060 and 4060 Ti, because their memory is all pure 1080p. So the reason I love the 7800 XT so much is because it was a true 1440p card for a true 1440p-ish price. And now between the Supers and this, like, top to bottom, we're still paying more than probably everyone would like to as far as consumers go. But I feel like we have good options at every option of this tech finally years into this generation. Yeah, we actually had a uh, a question. Uh, I don't know if it was over on Discord. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Uh, oh, here we, here we go. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, a friend of the show, Ivanar, asked, uh, in light of constant refreshes and region not-so-specific releases, uh, which GPU generation had the biggest number of released models? Uh, you know, and, and is this the one? Because I, I do feel like there are a lot of models. Uh, is the more the merrier, or should the world need only, like, three models, a low, mid, and high range? Uh, I personally like, I, I think the more the merrier, right? Because, and maybe this is wrong thinking, but I feel like people buy with whatever budget they have. It's like, okay, well, you know, I've got, I've got around, you know, $400 or I got around $500. That's, that's what I'm willing to spend. What's the best bang for your buck there? Uh, so like having more options in that stack gives you a little bit of leeway to be like, ah, you know what, I could save $50 by bumping down here, or I could, if I spend $50 more, I could bump up a little bit more here, so I I like more options, personally. Um, What do you guys think? I mean, it's... it's, I just said something... Oh, you go go ahead, ahead, Brad. No, no, you 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 first. I refuse. No, no, after you, sir. sir, Okay, okay, okay. I think we just always are, are going to see it for every generation, and we especially have since 28 nanometer or so, whatever that was, the 900, 1000 series for NVIDIA. Because uh, the lead times of these have stretched out for so long, and, you know, they need new products to sell new computers every year and stuff like that. And the processes do get better as they go on manufacturing these dies. So it gives them room to release slightly faster products for slightly better prices. So that's why I always, at this point, a year or so in, we start seeing supers or TIs one point we had like a 1070 ti xe or something like that it got really ridiculous a couple of times but 
I don't mind seeing that one because I think more choice is always good for people, even though towards the end of generations, it kind of becomes like choice paralysis almost because there's so many options out there. Mm. But, uh, you know, if, if they weren't able to do this and compete in this way, like it helps consumers and NVIDIA and AMD and Intel to be able to release updated products that are slightly better than before for around the right compete price. So I don't mind the overall trend. The other thing I was going to say is that the start of this generation, we were still, the manufacturers, the add-in board manufacturers and, and NVIDIA and AMD were still firmly dealing with the with the aftermath of the pandemic, right? The supply chain impact on the pandemic. Yeah. And, and so a lot of, the, most likely they were way more conservative in things like board choices and memory configurations and all of that than they would be. And, and even yields and stuff on the parts, because they weren't sure which, what was going to be available when now they were going to do like, like the, the board designs are probably crazy compared to what they normally were. Mm. And at this point we're getting into a part part where the, the supply chain is more manageable and they know what's coming and they can make, make informed decisions rather than extremely conservative decisions about how they're going to manufacture everything. So, mm-hmm. and, we, and we're seeing that across the board. Like we saw that in the difference between the first gen steam decks and the steam deck OLED, and we're seeing it in, in uh, console refreshes and, and stuff like that too. So. It's a iterations. Iterations can yeah. be good. Yeah. I'd dig it. Uh, sorry, real, real quick, Brad, you're, you're, um, you're you're cutting out pretty good on your your internet. Uh, just heads up. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> um, the uh, Ziv a friend of the show Ziv points out. Uh, I feel like region specific cards are a bit weird. When you get to wider release, it kind of muddies the purchasing decision. How many times have we seen region specific things like this? I I feel like it's not very often. Uh, you see them fairly often in China. Like you will see extremely weird like normally like what, what are they doing doing that yeah. because they have such a large uh crypto mining internet cafe presence out there uh, and it's right close point. to the hub operations so it makes sense they release a lot of things for china but the the weird part is you normally don't see them come to the u.s after that uh this card did release originally in china now it's come to the u.s that's the unusual part not the fact that it's necessarily a niche thing it's just mm. that it's spreading Got it. Got it. It's also worth mentioning PC parts are basically the only like like this is one of the very small number of markets that isn't doesn't work like this always. Right. Like if you're buying a refrigerator or a TV or anything that plugs into power mains, every single region has different um, skews. So like you can't compare across international boundaries and also realistically, you're not going to ship a refrigerator from China or Europe <laughs> to the U.S. Unless it's really cool. Actually. Have to be a really I, good refrigerator. I tell you, we have to check real close because we have other glimpse behind the curtain at PC World. We have like our German colleagues at PC Welt and stuff like that. And we try to pass laptop reviews back and forth. Like, we're not covering this for you guys. But you have to pay real close attention because the SKUs are different because they have different plugs, they have different keyboards, like all that kind of stuff is everywhere else but graphics cards, <laughs> yeah. processors. You. Let me tell you, you get an Azerty keyboard and it's going to ruin your day, it turns out. <laughs> um, friend of the show, Rurutu, asks, aren't these aren't these just bad chips that didn't make the cut uh, for a 7900 XT? Like, so m- maybe explain how, like, technically these are bad chips, right? Uh, as in, they don't fully qualify for one of the other models, but does that necessarily mean that they're bad chips? Like, the like you're going to get more instability or, or problems down the road? 
These are bad chips for the full spec 7900 XTX. They're probably bad spec for the 7900 XT, or otherwise they'd be that. But they're perfectly fine chips for the 7900 XT GRE. Uh, or 7900 GRE. Does it have an XT in there? I don't no XT. No, no XT. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's coming. That's, next, that's the next one. Oh, no. The GD. XT. <laughs> yeah, better be GD. But uh, no. they set these lines up. Part of the reason why I use the higher-end cards first in a generation is because there's always fallout. Like They make these GPU guys off of with chips off of big, huge wafers, and there's some that are wrong. And so they build into the whole process, hey, we're going to start releasing the step-down one later because if this one has 10% bad stuff, we'll make it an XT. This GRE has two of the memory uh, chips, because there's the memory chiplets in it, mm-hmm. disabled. So that could have just been trash, just waste that you throw in the garbage, but instead they just disable two of those chips and release a 7900 GRE at a good price point. So it's market efficiency, I would say. It's, it's, it's one of the places that the semiconductor industry has gotten really, really good at over the last like 25 years. Because if you think back to like the the classic example is the Pentium Pro, which was a P6, the first P6 core. And they had this really high speed L2 cache that was attached to the die of the CPU. So it would run at full clock speed, 200 whole megahertz or 266 megahertz, something ridiculous. <laughs> That's but they blazing fast. But but look, they couldn't test either of them until they were attached to each other permanently. So <laughs> the, like they wouldn't know if the cache was good or the CPU was good until they glued the cache on the CPU. And those chips were crazy expensive as a result. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they ended up making a whole different physical connector to solve that problem with the Pentium 3s, I guess. Um, but, 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 but like now, now we get all the way down to individual segments of uh, individual sections of the, of the CPU and GPU where they could say, okay, this one's not working. We'll just build some extras in and turn off 3% of these and it's fine. Um, and, and, and there's like, it's just part of the way business works now. It's not, you're not getting a faulty product when you buy one of these cards. It's just like parts of, parts of it don't work the way that it, you know, that it would for a higher end. So, oh, okay. Well, you know, it's, uh. It's 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 only eighty percent of what this other thing was. So why don't we just make a a model that's eighty percent of what well, this other thing was? And, and my assumption—I don't know if this is true—but my assumption is also that they look at their yields coming off of the high-end giant parts and decide what the mid-range parts are going to look like based on both the what the market is wants and like what their availability is on the failure to 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 assert right failure mm-hmm. to bend. Mm-hmm. So. And, and yeah, uh, people in the chat pointing out that that's that's one of the reasons why chiplets has such has been such a big hit. Uh, yeah, in front of the show Skeet Sayer said that. Yeah, um, but yeah, because if if a, a a part of the chip or if one of the chiplets is not not w- pr- working properly, that doesn't mean the whole product needs to be bad. Uh, just throw it away. That's that's one of the problems with monolithic, right? Is that if yeah, you know, so. Yep. But but even inside monolithic dies, they can say, okay, we're going to disable these True. these these four cores, and these other four cores are going to be be active. So true, uh, fun stuff. Yeah, the seven eight hundred GRE. There you go. Go pick it up today. At your local your local PC hardware store. Uh, just kidding. I wish there was more I, of those. Uh, I want to. I'm just. I'm sad that last year wasn't the year of the rat because I would have loved to have some sick like golden rat metal edition. golden rats on the covers of these video cars. I think that would have been rad. Uh, yeah, rats are cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I did like. Uh, I think it was. Um, who was it? Wendell had it like jazzed up his his thumbnail for his his review video with a. Uh, 
a bunch of uh like Chinese New Year kind of decorations. It was was really pretty. It was really pretty. Um, So yeah, go watch the review. You know, if if you're in the market for a $550 GPU, which actually, you know, I did ask ahead of time what this specific model cost. And I don't think I they ever told me, so I should go to Newegg and see what it is. If there's uh, no price, it's free. That's my rule. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, hey, it's free 99. Are you out of your mind? Um, let's see. GRE Power Color. Oop, Fighter. Nope, it's not the Fighter. Hellhound. Okay, so this is a, a 580. So uh, what is that? A $30 premium uh, to get this, this bigger that's, card. That's what you should expect this I would expect to pay. I would expect. I know the Sapphire Nitro version is, or uh, Pulse Nitro version Pulse is up around five eighty or six hundred bucks too. Uh, the so. yeah, the the Nitro is five eighty. The Pulse is five fifty. Um, yeah. Except for the white one is ten more. It looks like the only other one that's right at five fifty is Azrock Challenger. Um, I I can't speak to the Hellhound. I haven't tested any of those, but that Sapphire Nitro for the same price, man, I'd be hard pressed to turn that down. I really love Sapphire's design. Yeah, well, oh, you know, and actually the, uh, huh, the, so now that I'm looking at it, there's only one that actually hits uh, $50 more. This Asus Tough version it hits at 600 The rest of them are between 550 and 600 So it seems like a, pr- a pretty good bunching in there rather than sometimes it's like, oh, okay, well, the MSRP, you know, for the, the actual card is this, but for an AIB model, it's $100 over. Uh, doesn't look too too bad on this one. So Cool. I dig it. Um, You're going to have to keep it for another 12 years uh, for the cycle to be back in the rabbit. Or hey, uh, in the chat, uh, Magnus uh, Nilsson says, uh, Golden Rooster Edition. Yeah, it can be a rooster as well. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah. When is the rooster? I forgot. Oh, 2029. 2029. 2029. Oh, okay. Go. Well, yeah. It'll, it'll be a collector item then. <laughs> the distant future or five years from now, you you be the judge. Yeah. One of those two <laughs> things is right. Um, the the next topic, let's move over to the next topic. Uh, this one is, is an interesting one. I will say uh, uh, somebody you, you might know, uh, an up, up and coming uh, writer for PC World, his name's Gordon Mong, had kind of tipped me off to this uh, this story, this developing story. Uh, you should watch out for him. He's, he's really guy. making a name for himself, <laughs> uh, for sure. He, um, he pinged me about this story over on Tom's Hardware uh, that is titled uh, that by Matthew Conister, titled, Is Your Intel Core i9-13900K Crashing in Games? Your motherboard BIOS settings may be to blame. Other high-end Intel CPUs also affected. Uh, so there seems to be this small little groundswell of people who are having these these problems with high-end Intel parts uh, crashing in specific games. Uh, so uh, it, it looks like the the reports and even this, this Tom's article, which is, is linked in the description has um, uh, has a number of people who are reporting across different uh, parts as well. It seems like the i9 and the i7 for both 13th and 14th gen uh, are having some crashing issues. Uh, uh, who's it? Hassan over at uh, I'm sorry, Hassan over at WCCF Tech. Uh, also, Jared also at Tom's has has seen these as well. Um, about Oh yeah, well, and hey, Adam. Yeah, uh, Will, Will, you've been having some some problems, but yeah. So some of this, some of this still seems to be uh, needing to get like ironed out because uh, there's still a lot of like misunderstanding of what's going on. Um, but 
uh, it looks like uh, this is happening on a lot of boards that have the the default power limits to set to unlimited. So, you know, just kind of go all the way uh, kind of thing rather than an Intel spec, which is like for these parts is about 253 watt uh, for the PL1, PL2. Um, so, Will, you've been having some crashing problems for sure. But a lot of it you thought was down to to RAM. Do you do you think you're getting hit with something? Well, so when this? you sent me this link yesterday, the uh, first thing I did was reboot and uh, jump in the BIOS and see what my settings were. I was on the I'm, I'm on the auto settings. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the symptoms that described here are pretty much exactly what I have though. So it's random crashing. I get the I get the DirectX uh, video. Uh, not available one occasionally more often in the games i play it triggers anti-cheat to the point that i got banned from Fortnite briefly mm-hmm. um the, the the way we talked about this a little bit before so i apologize for repeating but the way the easy anti-cheat games almost always will crash if i'm running at full speed if running the 55x multiplier on the on the cpu and the way easy anti-cheat works is it scrambles up all the memory that the game uses and writes everything to specific registers. If it detects any corruption at all at any point along the way, it assumes you're trying to monkey with the register and just crashes the game without generating a Windows crash report or without putting anything in the in the like a crash dump in the Fortnite folder, which is what I get pretty consistently running at the full speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't I haven't played any of these Oodle. Uh, oodle affected games and i i generally just set my cpu to run at a 52x multiplier using the intel overclocking utility now uh which has solved the problem entirely so I, it's possible i'm not hitting the the peaks like i said when i went in the bios it was set to auto but uh, gordon and and you and some of the other articles about this seem to imply that it was set to auto and reporting 253 watts max mm-hmm. which s- several people implied was not a reliable indicator at all and that i need to manually set it anyway yeah it seems like the the reports uh uh, uh this this gordon maung had even sent me some some links to uh reddit discussions um but well, reddit the, eh? yeah reddit. Uh, yeah good old reddit discussions some people have uh had um some success with undervolting which undervolting i, I love undervolting my Another, understanding is only weirdos undervolt is yeah, that yeah. True, uh, hypermiling yeah whatever yeah. <laughs> um or underclocking things, things like that. So uh, the, these really it's hard, yeah, yeah, these really hard um, uh, power spikes uh, seem to be one of the culprits. Um, I did reach out to Intel uh, for for comment on this. Um, let's see if I can bring up the the note. Uh, this is uh, per Intel uh, quote. Intel is aware of reports regarding Intel Core thirteenth and fourteenth gen unlocked desktop processors experiencing issues with certain workloads. We're engaged with our partners and are conducting analysis of reported issues, end quote. Uh, so it looks like, you know, kind of everyone's in experimentation mode, kind of, you know, digging into to what's going on. One of the, the other discussions um, that people seem to be having is, hey, is this, is this degrading my CPU? Is this, uh, you know, pushing it too hard to the to to the point where I need to worry about the the long term health of of my CPU. I mean, the, and these are i sevens and i nines, so we're talking about over five hundred dollars CPUs that uh that could be potentially be getting degraded degraded here. So, um, so the first question I had, yeah, you, you, you I mean, did. I, actually, I've already you know. RMA'd the CPU once actually because the memory controller conked out in the first one. So yeah, um, yeah, it, I don't it, know. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, Gordon, with, with all the digging that he he's been doing, he hasn't um, 
he does he doesn't have an answer there uh you know he, he it's like it's kind of a, a little too early to tell um about degradation and all, all that kind of stuff so uh you know that that's something that that people have to look out for uh there are reports of some people saying yeah they, they've are made cpus um the other thought that I had too is that this this almost kind of feels a little bit similar to what we were experiencing with with uh, AM5 last year, and and how like they they were feeding uh, too much power or voltage, uh, you know, and and it was frying some motherboards or CPUs. Um, you know, once again, this this kind of kind of points to the thing we keep talking about of motherboard manufacturers wanting to have the best performant option out there. So it just, they, they, they really can juice the numbers, uh, which is good for performance when you need it. Uh, but sometimes you're, you're just too close to the, too close, flying too close to the sun, like Icarus and it, it can melt you. The the thing I'll say is like the, the BIOS settings are confusing and difficult to use to the point that like when I went and opened this up, I couldn't manually change it off of auto because of some other setting that was triggered somewhere else and that I'd flip somewhere else in the BIOS. And, and, and the air, not only did it not let me change the setting, it wouldn't throw an error that would say, Hey, this is locked because of this other setting. Mm. So like my option is, I guess, to reset my BIOS settings to default and then keep changing one thing at a time until I can get into the PL1 and PL2 speeds and manually set or, or PL1 and PL2 power limits and manually set those. Um, and I and I wonder what else I'm like sacrificing to get to that point. I'm already running. I, I my hunch is it's set that way because I'm running the Intel failsafe defaults on the SVID, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't know for sure. So it's like like I, I'm not I'm not a I'm not the most extreme power user. I'm not I'm not this Gordon Maung guy, <laughs> uh, but but I do feel like I'm pretty competent and know my way around the BIOS or the UFI, whatever we call them these days. Um, I still call um, them BIOS. Yeah, it's still BIOS, right? Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, it's it's uh, it's weird. It's a it's a it's weird that we have these problems. These things should be getting easier and not more difficult. Is what I might my, my takeaway. Once again, I mean, I think all these parties are interested in in getting the biggest bar because that's always the better. Uh, from what I've heard, uh, look if it's if it makes your if the big bar makes your machine unstable and crash all the time, I'm going to go and say I don't think the big bar is better in that case. <laughs> I, I don't know. I look at the chart and it says the the biggest bar, so it's got to be better. I don't know what you're no. talking about, Will. <laughs> look, look, if all of my complaints would go away if they said if they had a button that was like, hey run my memory at the, at the specified speed and run everything else at Intel stock and make it really clear how to do that. Cause most of them like the Asus is, is Asus gigabyte. I haven't had an MSI board in a long time. They're all guilty of this. And it's all like Asus multi-core enhancements are on. And that means you're overclocking the heck out of your front side bus and you're going to have weird problems. Like I, I just want to have a stock. Here's what the default clock speed is. Yeah, I think I think that is the hard part about it is that uh, a lot of people when they buy a motherboard, they'll either not go into the settings and and fuss with anything, or go in and be like, oh, well, here's an easy button to overclock everything. Why wouldn't I overclock? Um, you know, and yeah, maybe stability is is a problem with that. Uh, I know. I mean, we we we've, we've talked about this before, but for production rigs like our video editing machines or our streaming machines, we prioritize stability way way more than performance because it needs to have uptime i mean when you're just gaming whatever you can uh 
you know, maybe deal with some crashes here and there. I mean, Will, God knows we've been dealing with some crashes and hell divers too, and we're still going back. Uh, when, but like when Mike, well, I haven't had any crashes at hell divers. That was mostly you and you're playing on your handheld, I think. I, I'm, I'm uh, having it on my, yeah, my, my small phone. On your desktop well. too? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I, I, um, but I mean, like if my computer goes down, I, I lose money. I don't get paid. Right. Like if I can't use my computer, I'm not going to get money. And, and that turns out it's, a, you know, I feel strongly about that. Yeah, I, I I almost feel like the these uh they're uh, I sorry let me back it up the the Z790 refresh board that I used to test 14th gen in was a, a gigabyte board and they they redesigned their UEFI uh, actually like it they they did surface uh, things a little bit easier on the the easy mode or their yeah whatever they call the easy mode of the the UEFI uh, and they kind of had a, a checklist off to the side of like hey you know just just give me the optimizations or hey um, you know make sure I, I I get six gigahertz on on the the CPU or I can't remember the other ones uh, oh yeah, yeah run it with the e cores off so they had some some default stuff uh, like that on but uh, the the main one that's always on unless you check one of the other ones is uh, optimizations. Uh, I, I went in there. You can't. You can't actually check that off. And there also is no uh, check mark. I, I would hope in the future, maybe motherboard manufacturers would have another check mark in there. That's like, hey, you know what? I want stability mode. And yeah, maybe it's like an Intel uh, stock kind of thing. What, what whatever stability means for that manufacturer. But yeah, just an easy switch to be like, hey, you know what? Actually, I just want it stable as hell. Just give me that. Uh, yeah. That that'd be nice, Brad. Brad, what 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 is your take on this? Uh, I think it's clearly some issue somewhere because, you know, this is on the developer side. This is a subsidiary of Epic that's saying, "Hey, we're having problems with these." Uh, on the game side, both Fat Turk who made Vermintide and there was somebody else confirmed they're also seeing this kind of thing. And T- Jared, who we've interviewed, had on a bunch of times. I love Jared from PC Gamer. If you read the article, he can actually rinse into this issue himself whenever shaders are recompiling. And, you know, it's consistent for him. They saw the same thing at WCCF Tech. Reading all those forums, like, there's a lot of smoke here. So the idea of these things running super hot all the time ain't great. It does kind of have shades of the AM5 platform of last year. But I think at this point, there's enough eyes on it that they're going to find out and we're all going to find out what the true issue is. And we will know within a couple of months, whether this is something people need to be worried about. I would, I would doubt it to be honest. I would, I would think they might extend the warranty for these parts if there is an issue kind of a thing, but they're already ridiculous. Long for- hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say their RMA service was really good when I had to send the first one back. It, it was like, I paid, I paid for the, I can't remember if they charged me for a quick turnaround. They might've just taken my credit card and not charged it until I didn't send the other one back. But it was like three days. I had a new CPU from the time I set from the time I called support. It still can be hard though. Yeah. If, if you don't, but if, if you don't have something to throw in there in the meantime, or if you, you know, uh, if, if backup machine, yeah, something yeah. like that, like, especially if it's for work, that can be a real pain in the butt. Uh, for sure. I, I I mean, yeah, I think I, I would be curious to hear if if there's anyone in the chat. Uh, I don't think anyone's mentioned. I, I Sorry, I haven't been watching it that closely. But if anybody's been experiencing those problems, let us know or over on our discord. I, I'm I know Gordon has definitely been, you know, trying to compile some stuff together uh, to to get these reports and kind of have a deeper understanding of it. Um, I think, you know, uh, the, the other topic, though, of degradation um like how 
how worried should somebody be that that uh, if they're having these crashes like this that that they're they're these CPUs are are, are getting uh, getting hurt uh, in the long run. I I mean, look, we have a machine we can come in and test with this. Well, I think we should do some science here. I I, I would be like, we do have lab coats. But it's true. At least My, at least one pair of uh, of safety goggles. Sorry, well, we'll have to share or something. Well, so I was going to say on the first CPU, the one that I ended up having to RMA, the problems did progress. So it started out as relatively infrequent and and it got worse and worse. And I didn't have extra memory or extra CPUs on hand to test to see exactly what the problem was. But when I called Intel, then they were just like, hey, send this back. We'll send you a new one. And the problem solved itself. Mm. So it, it's it's a um, it's it's like I, I would be moderately like I would. I would take the time and go in and set your defaults and and run your stuff at lower voltages. If it was my, I mean, it's what I'm going to do as soon as this episode's over. Mm-hmm. Reboot the computer and dig into the BIOS, or learn how to undervolt. Uh, that's always fun. Yeah, yeah, or get real into weird stuff like undervolting. <laughs> the uh, for what it's worth, uh, Rad, the Epic subsidiary who brought the attention on the developer side, says they only see it in a small fraction of the chips of these cues that they're seeing. So they're only seeing it from these cues, but it's only a small fraction of the 13700K, mm. 900K. It's 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 probably the ones on the enthusiast overclocker, bigger bar, better motherboards, right? Probably. Yeah, that would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. yeah. Which are, are always the loudest as well. So <laughs> so who knows? I mean, I mean, it is one of those things that, that we got to kind of wait to see. Uh, once again, <laughs> if, if you are having these problems, let us know. I'm, I'm curious to hear. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely something to uh to keep watch and and I I will be in touch with with Intel uh hopefully in the future they'll they'll have some sort of uh understanding or or comment or or fix around this and you know, we'll we'll just keep watching it for now. Um I tell you what though, man. Yep. Motherboard makers need to get this under control and if they can't the chip companies need to. That's firmly what I believe. Like I don't think the stock option out of the box even for these bigger far better kind of motherboards should be you know run full tilt damn the torpedoes maximum power whatever you can cool you can have like i I think system should come out not being allowed to run faster than whatever intel or amd has rated it for and then you have an option somewhere to say okay flip on these optimizations now because this is one from intel this year one from A&B last year, and just motherboards have been getting crazy with the power delivery. It's part of the reason when Kilt was spoken out the Falcon Northwest that I reviewed, I specifically asked for 14700K instead of 14900K, because power's just getting to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And and it's not like, it's not like the people who are, like, if it's, if it's, if I'm having this problem, it's not like I went in and turned up a bunch of settings. I mostly put the motherboard in, hit reset reset BIOS defaults and then set the XMP profile to whatever the memory that I paid for is. And, and that's, that's it. It's not like we're getting in there and doing crazy stuff, which is still technically an overclock. I, I understand that, but it's all the other stuff that, that Asus is doing in this case. And I'm picking on Asus because it's an Asus board, but Asus has all this other, other overclocking stuff that they turn on by default and they don't make it explicitly clear that it's overclocking to people who are, who are doing it. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, we'll keep an eye out for it. Um, let's switch over to the uh, the third topic. Uh, something to to kind of get a little bit excited about. Uh, I don't know about when when you saw this. I was like, oh wow! Uh, Nvidia has made a new app uh, that is combining the GeForce Experience and the control panel, and it doesn't look like it's straight from the the nineties. Uh, the control panel looked kind of old. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the, this is right now it's just called the, the NVIDIA app, right? And it's in beta, Brad. Is that what it's called? The NVIDIA yep. app? Yep. Uh, yep. Very straightforward. Makes me think it won't be just games in the future. It's yeah. funny you say that because when I installed it a minute ago, it said, hey, do you want to optimize your creative apps too? Perfect. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Through, G- <clears throat> through GeForce Experience, you could always get the studio drivers as well. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, like. Uh, Brad, have you had a chance to download it and, and poke around? I haven't. I've been out all last week. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have not either. Uh, Will, it sounds like you're the only only one who actually has hands on this. Once again, it, it is in beta, um, but you know it, it's it's got some changes. It, once again, it's trying to put together the the idea of uh, you know easy optimization and driver updates of GeForce Experience uh, with the NVIDIA control panel, kind of all in the one place first up to talk about though is that guess what this does not require a login uh to 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 run so during the beta during the install process Uh i upgraded in place over i think geforce experience is probably gone from my computer now let's see yeah it seems like it's not here anymore um when i went through it asks a series of questions do you want to update your apps with new settings all that kind of stuff and the last one was, do you want to get promotions for games you have installed? And I said no. And it, if I had said yes, it would have made me log in at that point. By saying no, it didn't make me log in, which, like, that's unusually self-aware on the part of a giant multinational company uh, that, that people don't like logging in for stuff. Uh, I don't like logging in to get drivers. That always feels <sighs> icky to me. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a big kind of about face because, I mean, th- this was a... When what year was that? I mean, I w- I was here. I remember talking about it on the show when GeForce Experience required a login, right? Well, Razor was the I, first I broke one that, that news. That. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I actually broke that news back in the day because Nvidia had this big huge. They released a big glitzy driver full of features. Blah 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 blah. Uh-huh. At the very end, oh yeah, we're gonna start requiring a login if you want to get any day one dri- any drivers whatsoever. Yeah, Not- I mean, look. I mean, you still download from the website manually. You just don't get the notification in the pre-install, right? Yeah. They walked it back after I raised the hell over it. (laughs) Yeah, but, but like, at least this way they're giving you something in exchange. Like, here's the thing. They know know who you are and what's on your computer when you install these this software, right? Whether you log in or not. Mm -hmm. It's just that they have an email address when they, when you log in that they can say, hey, here's some stuff. I, I don't, I don't. Like, I feel like if they're giving you access to deals and the deals that they get are usually pretty good. Like right now, there's a Call of Duty Warzone XP boost or something. Um, it's usually for games I actually people actually play. It's stuff I'm excited about. It's free games like the game that I worked on. We promoted through this at one point and, and gave out a bunch of keys for free to people who just happened to be signed into GeForce Experience on that day. Hmm. Um, like that seems like a fair trade like you get something for giving them something which is the login but not requiring the login is the right is also the right answer for the question i mean i I, people i've always heard people talk about like oh yeah i never used GeForce experience i can't believe that you know they're they're requiring you to log in because most of the time you're just using it to download drivers uh maybe optimize settings uh depending but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did because I, I always liked kind of an easy place to to get notified. Oh, hey, there's a new driver out. Okay, cool. You know, might as well do it. Um, but I can totally understand why people didn't like it. And I was honestly surprised that they never did walk it back. Um, and I guess even more shocked that, hey, with this new application, oh, yeah, you know what? Actually, we, we, don't, we don't need to do this. Or, or it's, it's an option uh, kind of thing. Well, and the, and the thing that NVIDIA gets from it isn't like it doesn't seem like anything nefarious to me. They, they, for example, they reach out to developers and they're like, hey, if you do DLSS support in your game, then we'll give you promotion on the GeForce experience and or dole out keys for cosmetics or something like that, which is like like that's that's that helps people promote games, which is arguably the hardest like every bit of making games is hard but also promoting games is the hardest also making games is the hardest starting making a game is like the whole thing is really really hard (laughs) but promoting anybody anywhere you can get free promotion for a game especially like an indie title which nvidia is really good about promoting is is incredibly valuable to the community as the whole like you know the rising tide lifts all ships and Mm. and and all that uh well real, real quick somebody's asking now that you have the new beta installed do you also have the old control panel or did that get wiped as well i'm i will look and see i can share my screen if you want to see stuff uh the old control panel seems to nope when i right click uh nope the old control panel still here oh, okay so yeah and it seems like there's some stuff from the old control panel that's missing like the like the setup multiple displays thing isn't in here yet that i can oh, see anywhere okay so stuff like that like the things things that are here are the per app and it, it looks like the old page that had the list of all your games that would set the games in app and then also set the driver values for the games mm-hmm. is combined now. Um, Cause it has like when I did, um, do you want me to share this? Is that sure. easier? Sure. Why not? Than painting a word picture. Yeah, Go for it. I mean, this is, we, this we still need to paint a word picture for audio listeners. Uh, That's true. To a is this degree. unprecedented, though? I don't uh, this is unprecedented. Any, any uh, Will, you know, just coming around here, changing things, changing uh, things for, for the hell of it. Uh, okay. So so this is home screen has a list of the games you have installed, uh, carousel with like new drivers and stuff like that on it. You know what? Actually, this this kind of reminds me of uh, G, GeForce Experience kind of has a, a similar layout. Or, I'm sorry. It, uh, G, uh, GeForce Now. Ow. The Yeah. GeForce yeah, Now. Yeah. It's it's very GeForce Now esque, and then here are some Nvidia looks like created or authorized apps that will give you uh, like the Canvas thing, which is a AI painting thing, mm-hmm. the Frame View, the Nvidia broadcast tools that let you green screen yourself out, like like links to them on this homepage. Yeah. Uh, the drivers. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say it, it kind of uh, the, these tiles, right? It, it almost uh, looks like a tile-based architecture uh, on this homepage. Wow. And, and, and they can, yeah, <laughs> right? We're going back to tiles. Uh, it looks like, I mean, you, you can definitely go into to different ways. I mean, they, they have a discover area for tiles and then your library, and it just shows the, the most recent games uh, in your library. I don't know if that, it's, if that's based off of... Have you played Ghost Recon Wildlands recently? <laughs> I haven't played any of these games in a really long time, oh, okay. so it's weird that the, my guess is that these are like Spelunky Two. I played fairly recently. Okay, um, so we're we're not necessarily knowing how they're pulling this uh, this list, but you would think it's probably from recent Mad Max. Yeah, my, my guess clean, is that man. these are games that they have the promotional relationship with that are happened to be installed on my computer, but I don't uh, know for sure. Yeah. Once again, this Part, is it. This yeah. is in beta. This is not a full release yet. Uh, yeah. Hey, well, could, got that carousel. Could you, could you glimpse at the settings real quick too? Yeah. So the settings t- is the same thing as clicking on this graphics tab over here. 
so the settings, so they, here's the GeForce experience part is up here in this top. I don't know if you can see my cursor, but it's like, mm. this is the in-game setting. So stuff like anti-aliasing, yeah, so DirectX game. mode, DLSS support, et cetera. This is, this is when it changes the config file of the game, mm. right? Mm. And then down here is the driver settings, which used to be in the G NVIDIA control panel only. Mm. And this is where you can set like how many frame buffering and frame rate and all that. And they have, I don't know if the pop-ups will show, but it has nice pop-ups that actually has copy that explains yeah. the more complicated features in there, which huh. is nice. Oh, okay. Um, can you click on the global settings real quick? Yeah, global settings. Then, yeah, so there's two tabs. There's right program there. settings, so that's per game, and then global, or I, I guess game and maybe creative application, things like that. And then there's global settings. Yeah, so if you want to I'm set not like seeing, a, Oh, go ahead. I'm not seeing what I was hoping to see, because I hate the control panel. I loathe the control panel i've done editorials that need to nuke it for years but there's a lot of things you have to do around their new features that you have to go in there like the uh rtx video super resolution you have to go in the control panel and set what level you have to do the rtx hdr the new stuff and i'm i saw an rtx hdr option in here but i'm not seeing a lot of the options i was hoping to see for the nittier grittier stuff in the control panel yeah but a lot of it is here it's a big big improvement it looks like yeah, it's like looking at the stuff that's not in the control panel. The like, I don't see a G Sync setting in here uh, for for turning on G Sync on your monitor. Oh, okay, I don't see uh, the like I said the multi panel display configuration. I don't see the thing that lets you set your resolution frame rate, which I guess is now in the Windows control panel theoretically. But this one always seems to be more reliable to me. Yeah. Um, yes. and uh, like I maybe the surround surround vision and physics settings don't matter anymore but um but yeah so like i don't i'm curious if they're going to keep rolling stuff from the control panel in over here it seems like they've gone for the stuff that i tend to hit the most often mm -hmm. uh and i love that they're combining the in-game settings and the and the the driver settings in one panel that makes a lot more sense to me oh and they still have yeah, that, that's great they still have that slider of uh how you want to configure it so do you want quality or do you want performance? And there's there's spots in between uh, depending on, on which one you want to go to. And then it, it shows you the uh, the changes. Yeah, it doesn't give you the little preview anymore, which I guess makes sense because I'm sure that was an incredible pain to generate all those screenshots. But yeah, um, but yeah. so uh, and then the last stuff is the driver's page looks just like before, but they do actually have the patch notes on this page now, which is oh, which is fabulous. Uh, yeah. Nice. Excellent. Uh, and uh uh, the settings page looks like like you can turn on the overlay stuff like that. Uh, I'm curious if they still have the 99% frame rate or the 1% frame rate in here on the overlay. I don't know if I could turn the overlay on without turning on a game. Uh, a lot of mouse latency stuff. Yeah, which is um, nice. Uh, and and where if you want? Oh, there's the login. Oh yeah, yeah. I see the overlay. It's just showing NA. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of lot of a lot of NAs right now. Yeah, and then um, if you want to log in, it's the top right corner, but it it didn't require you to do it. Yeah, and, it, and you can also turn off the overlay. You can still turn off the overlay if you don't want to have the overlay on, which is usually what I do unless I'm specifically using it for something. Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing is this redeem tab, which is where you can get your coupon codes for specific stuff like that they email you about or whatever. So I'm curious. Um, I mean, do you, do you own Call of Duty? I do own Call of Duty, oh, okay. and it's it knows that I play Call of Duty. It's okay. probably even installed. So th that's why I'm wondering if the Redeem stuff is based off of stuff you have installed or uh, if they're going to surface stuff that 
you don't. It, have it hasn't been in the past. That's usually whatever the redemption partnership is. Oh, okay. Yeah, usually they send that out to everybody, whether they have the game installed or not. That's God, part of the part. Of, but like you do, yeah. Sorry, I thought you were done. You do no, get I, some pretty decent rewards through there sometimes. Like I've gotten some different Call of Duty drops, and, uh, Witcher cosmetics back in the day and stuff like that. That's funny. Yeah. I've I've never I I didn't even know that was in the the old GeForce experience. Uh, so <laughs> I just always use it for getting new drivers. Um, it's, I think it's, it's funny. You can tell we're on the full nerd because Will said you get the full patch notes here now, and all of us have been ecstasy. I guess it isn't. The, it's like, like the high points. Yeah. But it tells you yeah. which games they're adding support for. <laughs> and, so um, yeah. He uh, did that, and it was just collectively went, oh, yeah. yeah. If you click <laughs> click on the three dots in the lower right-hand corner, is that to reinstall that's, the driver? Yeah, okay. That's so. for the existing one. And But, oh, look, I also get the details for the one I have installed. So okay. yeah, this is like like this is this probably isn't the full patch notes because I think they usually blow out each of these sections more. Yeah, but it's like the stuff that I care about. Like, is this High the level. one that supports whatever game came out this week? And it is. Huh. Well, okay. Then uh, first thoughts, I guess. I, I mean, this is obviously brand new and it's still in beta. But will or you feeling good about this? I I mean, I feel less. I I was worried that they were going to require a login, which would have bummed me out. Mm-hmm. It continued to bum me out. Like I think it's a good first step. I would like to see the other stuff, like the G Sync and all the settings that are still locked in the control panel, available as an option here. But but I, yeah, I'm I I would call myself cautiously optimistic about this. Okay, well, and uh, I mean, obviously, I think there's ways to bust it out too. Like, I mean, it seems to be similar to GeForce Now, so maybe you could just get rid of the GeForce Now. Uh, separate thing and and roll that in there if you have it. Um, yeah, or the creative application stuff. Obviously, they they, they link to it. Um, I, like ideally, I'd like that to handle all of the updating for the NVIDIA broadcast and all the other NVIDIA crap that I have installed on my computer. Now, uh, mm-hmm. the one thing I was disappointed about is I think I think uh, uh, Mike's uh, articles maybe made me think that Game Stream was coming back, but it seems like the, that's still on the on the death list for nvidia so never never going to return i don't expect that to return yeah Ooh. moonlight and sunlight are good interesting interesting well uh someone yeah. in the chat did ask uh yes. you know will you know is there going to be uh rtx chat in the nvidia app you guys think oh uh, I, I know brad was uh excited about yeah, uh, rtx chat yeah what was that last week you could download that rtx chat the the demo yeah. that we saw at ces uh would something like that go into this? Probably not, because that is like a huge install too. Well, I think it's actually pretty clever just looking at what Will was doing, how they have that section at the bottom now for all their different to stuff. Link out they, to had te- yeah, yeah. they had teasers before in advertising sauce that would scroll by in GeForce Experience, but I think it's really smart to be like, all right, are you a streamer? Install NVIDIA Broadcast too. You want to stream games? Here's mm-hmm. GeForce. So I could definitely see them adding something. I think RTX chat is supposed to be a rough tool to get developers thinking and nerds like us to play with. Yeah, so yeah. I would yeah. doubt if that specifically winds up in there. Yeah, this feels like the stuff that they're going to put in that's more polished and more ready for a mainstream audience. Because, like, this is, you, you, they're, I don't know, hundreds of millions of people that have this installed on their computer, probably. So they're not going to put the weird janky stuff in. Like, you'll note that the RTX Remix stuff isn't in here, even though that's available now, too. But, they, but like, they do have GeForce Now, which clearly they want to push, the NVIDIA broadcast. Everything in here is pretty um pretty mainstream except for maybe the iCat which is their image quality uh ab tool which you know so 
Yeah, I, I and also it's worth mentioning when you hit get, it just starts installing it. It doesn't like prompt a download that you have to go click in downloads. It's just like, yo, we we got you. It's installed now. You're but good. It, it's still installing a separate application. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Because because I, I think that's the bigger thing too is that. Uh, well, I guess ha, Brad, how do you feel about that? Would you rather have broadcast and you know our RTX chat, whatever, like in this app, so this just becomes the end-all be-all of applications or do you still like having separate applications for for certain things i don't think those applications will run in this app it just installs them and then you can run them separately but if if they could like would you want this to be the one or do you like having separate apps i like separate apps uh i don't want 15 different processes that are high-end powerful stuff that need gpus hugging up my computer for no reason but I like what they're doing here because one thing I do think both AMD and NVIDIA, like they criminally underuse ways to make people aware of features and products that they may, might like. Mm-hmm. And I think that little bit at the bottom of the NVIDIA app homepage is a good way to get that across. Mm-hmm. I'm installing broadcast right now, and I will tell you in about 10 seconds uh, if it shows how how it integrates with the app. Yeah, because uh, somebody said, uh, a friend of the show, Coffee, said uh, GeForce Now and Broadcast are already in- integrated. Uh, so. Yeah. so once you install it, the the get changes to an open. Oh, and is it a separate application? It's a Probably. separate standalone oh, okay. application, oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, interesting you- stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess then the bigger thing is comparing it to AMD's software because, I mean... The, AMD software has had a lot of changes. There are some people who think AMD drivers are still very unstable, things like that. Uh, but it also does get a little complicated, uh, at least for me when I use the AMD uh, <laughs> uh, adrenaline software. Sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, wait, where are the specific settings for that? Oh, I need to go into games and then into settings, not into settings to change the settings. So sometimes that can be a little confusing. Uh, and any anything to make things more clear is, is always better. Um, Brad, what, what are your thoughts on the the AMD Adrenaline software? Uh, I thought it was better than GeForce Now up until now. Uh, the NVIDIA app looks pretty good off of what Will's just showing on the screen. I'm going to reserve judgment until I can touch it myself, but it looks like NVIDIA's always had excellent software engineers and stuff like that. Their delivery method, their interface was clunky and broken up and bad. And, you know, getting this all in there in one place looks pretty slick. I also personally really, really like Radeon Adrenaline Edition. Uh, I agree. It can, some things are hard to find, but that's because they give you a wonderful level of granular controls, mm-hmm. being able to do all kinds of things, which I appreciate as enthusiasts. Probably everybody doesn't, but I think they're both looking good these days. So, uh, two notes the app is using 200 port. Sorry, oh, bless you, you. That was a horrible sneeze. Um, the <laughs> app is using 214 megs of memory right now. When I pause my uh, my display, okay. and they they also pulled out all of the broadcast stuff. So they pulled out the Twitch and and YouTube streaming support from the app. A couple other things. They said that was to reduce the install side, which seems a little fishy to me. But but it is lighter than the GeForce Experience app, which it was, which seems which always seemed a little heavy. Uh, and like it's basically been pegged on zero percent CPU the entire time I've been watching it. So good, yeah, wow, okay. Well, that, that's that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know who gets who else gets excited about uh, application launchers like this, but uh, 
Oh know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think nerds. it's a step in. Yeah, it's a step <laughs> in the right direction, right? You know, GeForce experience was was very maligned. Uh, so yeah, people all across the board. Um, but yeah, may, maybe this finally brings everyone back together. It's interesting that they're not calling this the GeForce something; that it's just the NVIDIA app. Just in, yeah, I mean, I, it's so generic. That's why I think like there's a lot that they can put in there, right? Because it's like, eh, it's an NVIDIA app. <laughs> they don't have to tie it to something specific. I was, I think I was looking at Will's screen there, and one of the bits at the bit, and we're talking about CUDA for machine learning and stuff like that. So I think that might be why they're going to use this as the hub for everything. It, it makes sense. And it also you could choose between studio and gaming drivers, the whole, like it's it's many of the same questions from the GeForce experience install. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah. Did they give any indication of uh, like uh, when, when the full release is going to happen, when, it, when it's out of beta? Or is it one of those things where it's like, hey, you know, it's, it's technically a full release now. We're just calling it beta because it's always a work in progress. They didn't, nothing that I saw, um, it was, this is version 10.0, so I think that that's continuing the numbering from GeForce Experience, probably. Maybe they just rebranded. Uh, this is version 10.0.22631, no indication of beta in the in the version number, it seems. Oh, oh no, sorry, that's, oh. that's my Windows version. I apologize, wrong one. Hold on. I don't know how to see the... Uh, the G oh here we go GeForce Experience ten point oh point oh point four nine nine slash P. Okay, so I guess P means preview. Uh, I'm looking at the the latest GeForce Experience download and the version number starts. It's like three point two seven. So I I don't think it lines up. No, never mind then. Yeah. Um, They've been working on this internally for 10 versions. That's a lot. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, if it is going to be a beta, it's going to be a poor short bit. And it, it, it does genuinely do that sometimes as they polish up the last things, but they tend yeah. to execute a bit. It's not a Gmail situation. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, or maybe maybe in time for uh, RTX uh, 50 uh, series. Who knows? There's one or, part about this I want to talk about before please, we move on. Please. Uh, something that kind of flies on the radar that I'm looking forward to testing personally. Uh, they also introduced as a new setting in this app, RTX HDR, which is probably the thing that they found hidden in the codes when it released for video recently. Mm. But what it basically does is use the the freestyle, like the Ansel follow-ons, HDR filter, so you can tweak it and tune it and stuff like that. <laughs> so if you're into, if you have an HDR monitor, I would highly recommend downloading this new app and go poking around, checking it out, seeing if it looks good or if it looks like trash, because... <laughs> Who's in the putting with these things? And then e email Brad and let him know what you think. Yeah. I'm there you go. B-C-H-A-C-O-S at PCWorld.com. <laughs> there you it's, go. it's worth also mentioning that the NVIDIA GTC is in three weeks. So, uh, you know, if they're going to uh, unveil a, hmm. you make a big deal about a new thing, this might that might be the place this comes out of beta. Maybe, maybe yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to uh, the, the wrapping up the show. Uh, we, we, we got, got the, the Q&A yeah. uh, section. Before that, we got yep. uh, um, oh, Falcon Northwest is in the house Oh, right Falcon now. Northwest, uh, the, the maker of this fine, fine frag box that's sitting right next to me here. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just like the ultimate fidget item. There's just so many <laughs> things to play with on it. These captive screws on the back, uh, this this nice little cutout on the front. That's Yeah. And also, guess what? It's it's a highly stable machine. They 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 tune it for stability. So thank you, for Falcon Northwest, <laughs> for sponsoring the show. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, let's get to uh, viewer Q and A. 
Uh, we, we got some questions. If you have a question right now and you're watching live uh, at PC World in the chat, that's the best way for us to uh, to see that. And we'll hopefully get to it on here. Uh, or if you're watching or listening to this later, which I know a bunch of you do, uh, get over to the link in the description for our fine Discord channel. Uh, we got we got awesome folks over there and we have a, a channel in there specifically for questions that need answering. Uh, I'm going to get to another one. Um, oh, that that one's for Gordon asking about uh, car stuff. That is, that is not relevant. Uh, <laughs> How can you say that? <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there's a couple that I didn't get to last time. Um, that uh, that I, I wanted to get to. Uh, Retro Sean, a friend of the show, Retro Sean asks, "Do we predict Xbox will announce their own Steam Deck-like machine that lives with the Xbox ecosystem?" Uh, with it with game pass so this was before that that big um what was that podcast or whatever talking about the 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 state of the the industry kind of thing so uh that uh question is already kind of answered but i will say this morning i did see uh about some sort of um xbox front end did you see this brad uh i don't i don't think we wrote about it on on pc world but i i think i saw an article let me see if i can bring it up uh, it, it was some sort of like launcher, some some something where you could bring in all of the uh, all. It, it's uh, God. What, what is that? Uh, Gog has the galaxy, so you would essentially connect yeah, the all one that your, it brings everything in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I oh man, where, where is this? I saw this. Oh, I should have brought this up earlier. Well, I was gonna say the thing that made that like one of the things that came out. I can't remember if it was in the podcast or in a follow up story, but uh, Phil talked about the, what their one of their short term goals is to make all of the games that you've bought on Xbox digitally playable on cloud instead instead of just Game Pass games, mm-hmm. which which does not entirely, but in a lot of ways makes your uh, your Xbox uh, content available on PC handhelds right like you can run xcloud streaming on steam deck on aura on all those devices really easily well i mean yeah i mean or or anything where you just want this kind of like easy front end launcher uh i mean we we were talking about it uh recently about having some sort of like a thin windows client this is not it i think this is more like a oh hey you know what you can kind of launch everything from here but if, if it if it has enough features and it's it's um easy to use yeah especially on these windows based handhelds it would be something to to be able to pop in and be like oh you know what you don't need to have your own front end launcher you can just launch windows into this and sure full fat windows is still in the background but it's at least uh, a launcher that kind of people can get used to I, I mean i don't know what you need to do that all the handheld manufacturers that are shipping windows are building their own great software that runs on top of it and uh, makes it even easier to launch your games no matter what <sighs> front end you use slash sarcasm I love it. <laughs> I, uh, see, for me, the part that would be really interesting is if Xbox put, they could do a Game Pass handheld, sure. I mean, but personally, cloud-based handhelds don't jazz me up that much. But I would be interested in an Xbox-branded handheld gaming system that has the stripped-down, you know, handheld focus version of Windows that I've been begging for for a year now. And... Perhaps Microsoft could take like its Xbox Series S chips, the APUs that they already have, and figure out a way to convert that into the handheld form factor. Because now it's been out for three or four years; it's a couple generations old. We're already seeing the Xbox Series S go on sale for down as low as like two twenty-five. I think I saw it over the holidays. 
So they can somehow get that Xbox Series S chips into a handheld form factor with Windows working good. I would be very interested in it. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, I can't find the argument. I don't expect I, it I necessarily. I it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, I, I, I would love that. I mean, that sounds great to me. Uh, also, um, yeah. uh, Gordon is in, in the chat. Hello, Gordon. Wild Gordon. Hey, Gordon. Yeah. Wild, wild Gordon. Wildest of Gordon. We, we summoned Gordon because we, we were talking about cars. And then we were talking about cars. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, that's right. what brought him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did get a super chat from friend of the show, show Skeet Sayer. Uh, two Canadian dollars specifically. Thank you so much. Said, you. will Microsoft's new, um, I can't remember the name of their, whatever their uh, upscaling tool is, uh, make DLSS, XDSS, yeah. and FSR moot? It's going to depend what it is. Like, we still have no idea what exactly it is. I would not be surprised if it's a mixture of a front-end and a back-end thing. Uh, like, two different aspects of it. They've already started teasing it on the DirectX 12 blog, so there's definitely going to be some back-end stuff for developers to be aware of. But going to depend. Is it supposed to be, you know, an FSR DLSS competitor? Is it going to tap into frame generation? Is this going to provide hooks to tap into uh, temporal stuff, you know, multiple frames, not just one. Like, all the implementation details matter when it comes to upscaling technologies. We're just, they just said they're going to start teasing at GDCs. We don't have long to wait. And true, yeah. Well, what what's what's the best worst-case scenario? Like, wa- walk me through the best-case scenario. This thing comes out, and it's what, Will? What what would you I mean, like? What FS... Oh. oh no! Go ahead. Yeah, I was I was just say the best case is that we don't have to worry about cross platform stuff anymore because it's just built the be- the good ones built into DirectX, so developers only have to support one thing instead of three or four, and the and yeah, and that's it. And it does yeah. it does all the upscaling and frame generation and all that stuff, and everyone just uh, works on that. I mean the 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 in order to do frame generation, you're going to have to have some sort of vector transfer from inside the game. So there's have to be some developers. Like in a perfect world, the developers don't have to do anything; it just magically works on everything. I don't I don't think realistically that's possible. Um, but but yeah, I, I mean I think I think the best case is that we don't have to have three different vendor specific or v- tied to vendor standards for this. Uh, and then whatever they ship is better than DLSS. <laughs> uh, Brad, what's the worst case? The worst case, yeah, worst case scenario. This they they, they come think, out on I, stage I the, and they're, we're like, what? <laughs> Honestly, I think the worst case scenario would be that it comes out and just outclasses everything and it becomes the de facto standard. I want it to come out. I think the best case stand, uh, idea is for it to be what FS2 always wanted to be, the universal platform agnostic kind of thing. That's what I think the best case thing is, without frame gem and stuff like that. If they somehow manage to include frame gen, which I'm with Will, I don't necessarily think they're going to be able to do it, especially right now. Uh, that removes a lot of incentive for like D, uh, NVIDIA to put out DLSS 3 and put out Reflex and stuff like that. Uh, Reflex only kind of tangibly <laughs> related to that. But I would like it to end up how monitors have, where you know adaptive sync slash free sync monitors have a great baseline now. But G-Sync monitors still rock because they have extra features built on top of that that you can pay up for if you want that premium experience. And I think there's room for Microsoft to set that baseline standard here, and that's what I would love, and then still leave room for other guys to innovate and compete because that's how you get truly cool stuff like DLSS. I, I just, I just, the worst case for me is something that they require on the Xbox side 
So anybody who ships cross-platform has to take time integrating, and it sucks. And it's worse than what's existing. So then it's going to take stuff away from PC features that are good uh, in favor of something that is underwhelming, but specific to the console. Well, and yeah, once again, if if you take consoles into this, there's no way there's a best, best case that developers can just not have to ever worry about it because there's consoles and there's different implementations on consoles. And yeah, so yeah. Hmm. I mean, my big question is what's, is Sony doing like what's Sony doing with that, with their upscaling? Cause they're, they live completely outside this ecosystem and are, are doing their own thing over there. And I'm real curious what, what, what their handle on this whole, like, like they've been real quiet about how they apply upscaling and, and up, up uh, frame generation tech. And, and like, I think it matters less for this generation of higher hardware than probably the next, but like they have to, they have to get on that if they're, you know, it's going to be real important next generation for next generation consoles, I think. Hmm. Hmm. They had a, I don't know if it's possible, but I would like if it, uh, in addition to being a consumer feature, they had uh, something like NVIDIA Streamline built into the back end of this. Mm-hmm. I don't know like what Streamline stream, is, Brad. NVIDIA Streamline is a concept for developers where basically you implement their you know, SDK or whatever it is, and it supports both DLSS and it's open to all uh all upscaling technologies that need temporal stuff and whatnot. Mm. I'm terrible at explaining stuff. But yeah, it has all that backend hooks. So you just you do have to do some work in it. But as a developer, you can download Streamline. It has stuff in the backend. You do some work and you can say, okay, now it supports Intel XESS and NVIDIA DLSS because they're fairly close in the backend. You just need a day or two or just. It I works. Mean- the, the uh, thing- obviously, AMD never signed up for that. <laughs> but if it, Microsoft gets something like that going and make it in a way so it's kind of so everything can be handled easier in the back end, so everything can be supported, I think would be a best case scenario too. That 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 actually that probably yeah because right now it's a like they always say it's a half day, but it's basically it ends up being more than that because you have to hook up build UI hooks and all that stuff in. Um, the the if you could make the whole thing a smoother process, that would be good. Okay. Fingers uh, crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. We we will see uh, GDC. When does that happen? That's, uh, That's next month. Next month. Yeah, mid March, I think. Yeah, uh, we we actually have our, our press passes, so we're we Yay. will be there. Um, hopefully, do something around yeah. there uh, uh, after St. Patrick's Day. So on the 18th is the GDC week. 18th. Okay. Yep. There you go. So uh, yeah. It's yeah, GTC and GDC that week, I believe. Oh, that's yeah, same time. Well, wow. okay. <laughs> um, fun times. Uh, we had a question that I want to get back to. Uh, friend of the show, Tech uh, Techness Corner asked, uh, "Anyone know anything about RTX chat?" Uh, uh, Brad, you you kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Can you uh, maybe re re bring up what uh, re explain what RTX chat is and and how it came out? I can. My internet connection is being wonky. Can you see me? Yeah, barely. Yeah. <laughs> You're coming coming in from the nineties. Yeah, it looks coming like. in high. Yeah, All right. The, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, man. It's uh, starting to hit springtime weather up here in New Hampshire, so everything's melting and dropping onto lines. The internet is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, chat with RTX is basically uh, an app that you can download if you have an RTX thirty or forty series. Uh, GPU and you use it. It's a massive download, like tens and tens and tens of gigabytes worth of download because you're downloading big, huge local language models 
uh, like Facebook's Llama, and I think the other one's Mistral, right to your computer. So what you can then do is take chat with RTX and point it to files on your own computer and train it off of them and ask questions from the files you trained on your own computer. Or you can point it towards YouTube videos and it'll scan the transcript and you can do the same thing. So ask questions about the YouTube transcript. Uh, so yeah, there's limited usefulness there if you don't have a lot of local files that you're hoping to go through. But I think I said this last time, uh, like my dad recently passed away and I have a lot of PDFs and stuff that I need to go through and get information from. And that's not the kind of thing I would ever want to put in copilot, but having an AI to be like, all right, look, this is the gist. Go here. You still want to go verify like you do for all these. Having a, a being able to have that on my local PC pointed to that and then ask that questions has a lot of appeal for me personally, at least. It's very, very niche, but seems like it could be pretty fun. Like if you download a bunch of ebooks and point this towards it. And uh, yeah, point this towards it and start asking, you know, like, okay, what do you think of uh, Rand? What are the character flaws of Randall Thor's character in The Wheel of Time? I think stuff like that would be fun. <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff like that. Wow. So does that mean I could point it at my uh, the YouTube channel that I used to work on and be like, hey, generate a corpus of what I would say in a million circumstances based on transcripts in these 2,500 videos and uh, theoretically get a, get 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 what I would say out of it? Is that how this is going to work? <laughs> I mean, it could. I've actually done that with uh, Copilot and ChatGPT4 and uh, Bing AI and everything. Like, write a graphics card review in the style of Brad Charkis or a CPU review in the style of Gordon Maong. And they do a, not a great job, but a decent enough joke. <laughs> Oof. That's funny. <laughs> I would love to, to see that. Uh, all right. Yeah. And But yeah, you can download it now. Uh, I actually have been in talks with NVIDIA about maybe doing some sort of like live uh demonstration on the podcast where like we interview the uh a chat person or something yeah i don't know the machine yeah interview the machine try to try to break it uh have fun with it so don't praise the machine adam don't praise <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just that giant server rack that they have in all the back of all their advertising stuff <laughs> yeah right uh, all right, we got a couple more, then we will draw some winners. I know people are w- waiting for it. Uh, so, uh, Ziv- hey, Adam. Yes. There's a question for me as well with my internet c- connection being unstable. We might want to get to that at some point sooner than later. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll just ask that one next. Uh, it's uh, not technologically related, but a uh, friend of the show, CR Poll, uh, asked um, uh, Brad. What is senior? What is a senior editor at PC World? Are there junior editors? Are there assistant editors? Uh, if back in the magazine days there were when we had three, five times the staff, mm-hmm. uh, still theoretically yes. Uh, senior editor is someone who's been doing it for a long time. You know, you're expected to be, you know, putting some brains into what we're doing. You know, being a guiding light for folks who are around some of the younger folks. Go along that there's, you know, standard, not standard. There's editors, there's writers, there's associate editors, associate writers. So, yeah, there's like, it's like a little military ranking for dweebs with pens. <laughs> it's all, and it's, every, it's different in every publication, too. That's the best part. Sometimes the yeah. person who does the, who's like in charge of the thing is an executive or deputy editor. Sometimes it's an editor in chief. So, like, it's, be, yeah. Publisher yeah. When I first start, when I first started working here, uh, 
John, who is our editor-in-chief for several brands, uh, he, he was only working at PC World, and his title was officially just editor. So we had people on the masthead who were from the printhead days, and they were listed as senior editors. And so there was all kinds of confusions, because even within PC World, it's like, how is the editor above the senior editors? I don't Words are weird. <laughs> yeah, we, um, it, it's... It, and this, the real secret answer to this question is that if you work at a publishing company for a long time, the only way to ever get more money out of them is to have a title change. So you have to you you want to start low so you have more <laughs> titles between you and the highest that they're gonna they're gonna pay you for. So you more, more jumps along the way. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let me get to another question over here. Uh, friend of the show Ziv uh, asked. Oh, this is this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Do you think piracy is morally, if not legally, justifiable when games are impossible or virtually impossible to obtain legally, i.e. abandonware or always, or always online games where the servers have been shut down? Um, I mean, I think abandonware is a... I mean, there's a preservation aspect to abandonware that I think is really important, right? We have to... like It's, it's, worth, it's worth, you know, doing some light questionable legally question legally questionable stuff to preserve games that won't be preserved otherwise like you think i think about the stories about the japanese game developers who printed out source code for like nes and snes carts and brought them home with them when they would when when normally that stuff gets shredded at the end of the projects and and if, if it weren't for the, those people then we wouldn't have access to some of those games still um the 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 great example here is City of Heroes, which for a long, long time, NCSoft shut it down. Uh, people ran. I, I think that there was a server day, server leak around the time the game was shut down, presumably from some disgruntled member of the team who really mm. loved the game. People have been running pirate servers of that for 15 years, 10 or 15 years at this point. And NCSoft just gave them the thumbs up to continue development and like started licensing third party servers for that game, which hasn't been sold or really available in, like I said, like it, it shut down in like 2008, I think, or 2010. So it's, it's like sometimes it works out and sometimes it's good. And, and there are a lot of games that are just not available uh, to play anymore. And they, they would be lost if it weren't for the, the kind of archival efforts that rely on the same stuff that piracy does. So that's, that's pretty much how I feel too. Yeah. Brad, uh, Brad is our, our, is our resident pirate. You can tell because of the beard. <laughs> yeah. Arr. Arr. Uh, uh, I think abandonware and retro stuff that's not available is a totally different conversation. Uh, those I'm, I think, if you're fine with it morally, be fine with it morally. I'm fine with it morally if it's for you. There's those times when those are the only options. That's what you have. That's more a failing of the company not making a product actually available. Uh, I'm someone who used to pirate a lot of games, TVs and movies and stuff when I was younger. Uh, but once I started, especially these days, games are available at pretty decent prices. There's a lot of indie games stuff out there. There's There's... I'm a firm believer. It might be because I'm a creative person doing a creative job, even though some of y'all might say PC World ain't that creative. Uh, but I'm a firm believer in, you know, people pour their heart and souls in these things, and they've earned your money. Uh, that being said, if piracy wasn't available when I was younger, when I was making eight twenty-five an hour on living trucks and warehouse, I would never play video games, and I'd never be where I'm at now, you know, spending money in the industry. So personally, I think. You should always pay for your games. 
I can see why some folks might not be in the circumstances when they can, but once you get yourself in the position where you can, make sure you pay forward. I mean, the other thing is there's a lot of free stuff now. Like a lot of stuff that previously cost a lot of money is now just like yeah. For, Fortnite is infinite video game for for a, you know nothing to thousands of dollars depending on how much you spend on skins. So mm, yeah, it's, that's a good point. When I was younger, these big live service games didn't exist, and they certainly weren't free like that. So yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. Uh, I've I've mentioned it before, uh, but I do want to bring on Frank Cifaldi of the Video Game History Foundation. Uh, I think will you know him? Right. Frank's great. Yeah, Frank's, Frank's awesome. Yeah, I've been meaning. Uh, we we actually had something set up in in December, and I I had to cancel. Um, but yeah, we want to get him on to talk more about this preservation in general, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, especially for PC games. I would love to watch that. I would love to ask him some questions. Yeah. Frank's a good guy. Um, yeah, and he's been on the front lines of this for a long time. Like he's he's cared about this since well before most people were even aware it was a potential issue. And like they they've been doing good stuff over there. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, a couple more things, then we'll get out of here. Uh, crap, I there was something that I had brought up and then I totally forgot. So you know what? Yeah. I think it's time to announce some winners. You think it's time? Uh, should, should I should I draw the winners right now? Wait, let me live. play it. I, uh, I would like you to draw what you think they look like from their usernames. Yes, that's my request. Run Ooh, back. Wow. <laughs> this just in. Uh, the the competition has ended, and I'm going to be drawing five winners at random. They're, it's built into Gleam. I'm not putting them in a hat. I'm not juicing any numbers. Literally just a big button that says, draw winners. I don't know how it does it. You're going to have to go ask Gleam about that. I'm uh, hitting the button that says, winners to draw. Yeah, I want to draw five. Yeah. Allow repeat winners. No. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I'm going to hit the button. Uh, there is a uh, 1,073 potential unit users that could win uh, out of... So it's 220-ish, 1 in 220 chance of winning, it seems like? No, because uh, you could do multiple entries. So oh. those were the amount of people, the the entry, the amount of entries that were put in were was about 8,400. So... 8,464 to be exact. So here we go. Good luck. I'm going to, I'm going to hit draw. Uh, I do need to double check, uh, to make sure that they are, are, uh, relevant. Uh, yes. Oh, nope. Mm. Unfortunately, somebody is not from the U S so I have to, uh, hold on. I thought, I thought Canada was allowed for this one. It's not Quebec. <laughs> this is not, not even that, no? uh, oh, it is okay. somewhere, somewhere very far away. So I'm sorry. Uh, unfortunately, Wow. I'm gonna have to... dreams dashed here on the on yeah. the folder. <laughs> gonna have have to. At least he didn't say the name out loud, right? No, no, no. Don't worry. <laughs> Congratulations, sure Billy Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, re repick. Uh, invalidate. And yeah. Uh, so. Okay, I'm gonna repick that. Um, Should have had me prepare a drum roll. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everyone's from the U.S. Uh, everyone has uh, relevant email addresses. Here we go. Uh, okay. You know what's funny? All of these, but one of them, is uh, our winners from uh, daily bonus entries. Uh, let me look at the ages. Yep, everyone's of uh, well, at, at least reported twenty-one years of age. So here we go. Uh, I'm not Perfect. gonna not gonna fully say the names, uh, and I will be emailing you from uh, from my work email. So uh, be sure to watch out for that. Uh, Gleam does not contact the winners. Uh, I will do that myself. Um, uh, so we got a, a Mark S from Texas. An Avery S from Florida, a Charles S, a lot of S's. Uh, what <laughs> from Ohio? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a Kelly K 
from uh, Tennessee and Alfred H from New Mexico. You are hey. the the five lucky winners of uh, of these these awesome bundles. Uh, I will be emailing you separately. Uh, you do have some paperwork to fill out because uh, it's over six hundred dollars of uh, of winnings, mm-hmm. so you do have to report it. Adam, uh, yes, Adam's email is comes from our parent company's name is Foundry. So yes, don't, it'll come from Foundry. yeah, yeah, yeah PC World. So don't be alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that. sorry. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> foundryco.com is our uh, is what the, the email address. I, uh, well, I don't know what this R is. Mine's PC World. But. <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to talk to IT. Uh, but yeah, uh, congratulations! Yeah, everyone. congratulations everyone, to, yeah. Uh, to to the five winners. So uh, is anyone in the chat a winner? I just want to see real quick. Well, I I, I didn't say the full name, so uh, yeah. If, if someone in the chat just wants to say like, oh no, <laughs> yay, uh, yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, birthday grunt party. I should have had that. Yeah, soundtrack. No, good job. Good job to all <laughs> the winners. Uh, we do have more stuff that I just want to give away uh, over on the Discord. They won't be official giveaways. Uh, it's just mostly like, hey, we have extra stuff. I want to give just it away. Uh, mailing what would go in electronics recycling uh, rather than electronics recycling, right? No, a lot of this stuff is is good stuff. Not not just okay. Not just recycle stuff. Uh, okay. But yeah, thanks everybody uh, for doing that. Uh, we, I, I did check again. We 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 got even more uh, reviews over on Apple Podcasts, and is just reading those reviews. Like, if if I'm ever having a down day, now I I'm, I'm just going to go over and and read the reviews on the podcast because awesome reviews. Thank you for everyone who did that. Uh, and you know, Falcon Northwest is right. Uh, every full nerd watcher is a winner in our book. So there you go. <laughs> uh, big winner. Um, I don't think there was anything else. I God, I feel like there was something else I was going to bring up, and I. I still can't remember it, so it's probably not important. Uh, oh, that's what it is. Uh, next week, we have a special episode. Um, I've had him on the show before, but my friend uh, Mike from... Uh, uh, I, I used to work with him. He's a, a, a CEH, a certified ethical hacker, a white hat, uh, he, a CISSP, whatever, all, all the acronyms. He, he does hacking, ethical hacking, Uh and he's, he's going to be on the show. Researcher. He is a security yes. person. Uh, he's actually a teacher. Uh, he, he, he teaches right now. That's where we used to work together uh, and then uh, writes books and things like that. He's going to be on the show next week. So if you have any security related questions, we're going to talk about all things security. So if you have security related questions, get get those questions in over on Discord because it's going to be fun. And I love Mike. We, we go back uh, for years. So he's he's awesome. We've had him on the show before, but it, it's definitely been a, a couple of years. And Adam, yes. I have a question for him. How, do, how does he feel about motion smoothing on TVs? <laughs> we're going to have to ask him, you know, yes. we're going to. Okay. I know, I know his answer, but we're we're just gonna have to ask. Okay. Him. We're gonna have to find that out. Better That's, be oh, the right one. Oh, boy. <laughs> is this is this the new Alien versus Aliens uh, <laughs> kind of stuff? Oh, so. boy. Or the burger, uh, yeah, ch- chicken burger, chicken <laughs> burger. Well, I mean, that's not it's even a, a question. That was, that's not that was even not a question. Debate. Gordon not, was just wrong. Yeah, no. You you go to Popeyes, and what do you ask for? Is does it say on the chicken menu a chicken burger. sandwich or a chicken burger? It's a chicken sandwich. Yeah. And I'm we're going yes. to Computex soon, so I'm going to show you all the fast food joints uh, what menu they have on there in their in, in their English menu. Great. And I will tell them to uh to fix it. Uh be like, "Excuse me, oh, no. sir or madam, uh that is a chicken sandwich. Is that meat ground?" No. Uh anyway. Uh and uh, Gordon Thank you. We love you. Miss you. Miss you, Gordon. In <laughs> uh, Falcon Northwest, with the the most pertinent pertinent question, can he ethically hack everyone's TV and turn off motion smoothing? That's, that's yes. a better question. That is a good question. Uh, I anyway. would fund that startup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, check back next week. 
where we talk to a security professional. Uh, it's going to be fun uh, talk on the on the full nerd uh, to listen to us on the go. Subscribe to us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Uh, is the Google Podcast is going away, so now it's just going to be YouTube music or something like that it's just youtube it's, it's just, just youtube. youtube 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 right now yeah, yeah. youtube oh God. you're already Sorry. here so good job uh pocket cast anywhere uh that you can point an rss feed to hopefully we are we are on there and uh please leave a review every time you do somebody goes out and orders a chicken sandwich instead of a chicken burger <laughs> uh because you don't want to embarrass those people for ordering chicken burgers <laughs> believe me uh, it's very embarrassing. Uh, I, 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 I want to thank uh, Brad uh, for for braving through the, the the bad internet and being with us here today. Hey, maybe I'm being hacked right now. I can't wait till next week. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the t- ten signs that you're being hacked right now. <laughs> the article coming on PC World. Uh, Will it just it, it ends with just like a long trail of A's as the keyboard locks up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Will. Thank you for joining us, as always. Always a pleasure, sir. It's always always lovely to be here and and, and hang out on Tuesday mornings. <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you to all the winners for an enter and enter entry people. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Uh, congrats. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, that's what you get for listening to the best PC hardware podcast out there. Uh, is you get you get goodies. You get a chance to to win fun stuff. Uh, also, thank you to 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 Willis for controlling the verticals and the horizontals, and he's going to get us out of here. Hey, thank you, Adam. Uh, again, big congrats to uh, all the winners uh, of the Starfield bundle. If uh, we would love to see how you actually uh, build it uh, later on, so if you're oh, on yeah. Discord, you know, also you know, please join us on our Discord. We have a PC photos uh, thread. Feel free to you know post uh, what you do with it later on, how you build it. So we'd love to see that. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and uh, happy Tuesday. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, Gordon. Lurker. Lurker.